And we are live, everyone, for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host. And as usual, I'm joined by Seth Weintraub, actually in the same room. Yes, yes. So we can hit each other <laughs> now when we have disagreement. It's uh, very useful. Why we're in the same room together is because we are live in Munich for IAA, which is arguably the biggest mobility show in Europe. Um, we've been having a fun time checking out all the new stuff and all the stuff also that we don't have access to see normally in North America. So a lot of the Chinese automakers, for example, uh, are starting to make ways into the European markets and we never have an opportunity to check them in North America. Now we had, so we're going to discuss that. We had the opportunity to see the Model 3 Highland in person. And I think we're going to start the show with that because I think that's a lot uh, what most people are here for. They want to see, um, well, we already saw the Model 3 Highland, but our impression in person were, were a little bit different. And, um, we we had a hard time getting sometimes with the with the Model Three with Tesla, uh, but they squeezed us in at one point that we were able to film a quick video that you can see right now on YouTube. Uh, it's not the, the light like the Tesla. Tesla is not very used to car shows. They do them sometimes, but not that often. Uh, yeah, it's it's become, it's going to become more common for Tesla. They were at IF, uh, IFA, yeah, IFA and IA or EIA. Uh, in the Munich, and we hear that it might be in Detroit even. So it looks like they're picking up steam and doing that. So their boot at uh, I was kind of understated. You can see it a little bit in the background here. They, they had the new Model 3, they had a Berlin-made uh, Model Y, and they had a Tesla logo in white, and that's it. <laughs> uh, so the lighting is not great right now for what you see on the screen in terms of seeing the actual front end. You see the, the, the headlights very well, and that's, that's obviously one of the biggest new features, but the front fascia was one. These wheels, I very much love these wheels because they retain the, the look of the open wheels, but with the black strip that goes all around um, the wheel, obviously a lot more aerodynamic. So I, I like that a lot. Um, I, I think these, these are going to be a winner for, for the, the Model 3, the new Model 3. I'm sure they're going to make their way to the Model Y too eventually. And, uh, you think they're going to sell them standalone so you can get... It wouldn't make so much sense. Like yeah. a lot of people, like if you're due I, for... I love that look. And then, of course, Arrow. Yeah. Both. Good. Maybe people that wanted to upgrade from uh, aerodynamic wheel to an open wheel, but they, they still want to retain that efficiency. That would be a great solution for them. Uh, we took a quick look at the trunk, uh, which is apparently like, uh, I think, two dozen, 20 uh, liters uh, bigger. Uh, it's, we, we couldn't test it with, with, with filling up with stuff. The seats, perforated seats coming from Model 3, that was very cool. Uh, I sat down in it for like... I don't know, a minute. We had we, we filmed that video in four minutes, literally. So um, we didn't have much time to to really assess the quality of the of the seats, but apparently they're a little bit improved. The steering wheel is the biggest change. Visually looks great. Uh, now you have like the force touch buttons and everything. Obviously, the biggest difference, no stock. That's a very controversial change. People, if you're a fan of Tesla, you're gonna get get used to it. It looks pretty clear. It's gonna be the future, like more S and X and now this. Uh, but we we thought the yoke was gonna be the future and Oh, that's a $1,000 add-on. Yeah, but that might be Tesla trying to squeeze some gross margin out of the Model S and X. That's big price drop. So it's it's very confusing right now. But yoke or no yoke, no stock is for sure uh, the future for Tesla. Uh, we saw these ambient lights. That uh, That's a cool new feature that was hided. I, know, I think Tesla's going to move with that. Uh, you could change them like that. You can see on the screen with any color you want. I'm sure that with future, uh, future software update, Tesla is going to have other things like smart features to um, interact with the ambient light, whether it's music or, or I don't know. Like, what about safety features? Like, uh, you know, you need to stop red, red, mm -hmm. uh, turn signals, stuff like that. Yeah, that's another opportunity. I'm sure this is going to think of something. And obviously the rear screen in the back seat, uh, you have now a screen that you can control the climate control with it. And you can also uh, have some entertainment apps. Uh, we just uh, open up YouTube here, you can see. Uh, I think that's pretty cool, but personally, like in terms of the entertainment, this is a pretty small screen in the middle of the seats. Uh, it, it is useful. It, it is usable. Uh, but yeah, the what, what we enjoy in person uh, of this is the, um, like I said, the, the lightning wasn't great to see the front end, but you're going to get some good pictures of that anyway. Uh, the wheel, I really enjoy the wheels. Uh, because uh, it gives you both the open wheel look and it's more aerodynamic because of the black strip that goes all around it. Um, I think that's a big improvement. Hopefully, it goes to other Tesla vehicles. While mostly the uh, 
uh, the model Y, I would assume, because um, Tesla generally don't share wheels between the three and uh, three and Y and S and X. But um, yeah, and maybe they can even sell them aftermarket. In the back seat, uh, no, sorry, the the trunk. Um, we we like I said, we didn't have much time with the vehicle. We were really quickly, so I couldn't really assess how much bigger it is or how much bigger it feels. But in in metrics, it's apparently like twenty liter more. Um, yeah, the uh, the front seat. Again, no time with them. We sat in it for half a second, so I couldn't really assess how much more comfortable they are. But uh, you have the perforated seat, which is obviously a big upgrade for the Model Three. And um, when you sit in that seat, now you can get a very good idea of what the biggest change, which is the steering wheel. Uh, just like Model S and X, no stock anymore. Everything goes to four touch buttons. Or ideally, if everything goes well, everything goes to autonomously because of uh, every input is an error for Tesla. Every driver input, everything should be completely autonomous. Uh, okay, and also we have uh, the dash. The dashboard itself has been changed. Still very much minimalistic, but um, minimalist, but with some upgrade, especially with the materials that now fit into the doors. And the materials basically feel exactly like uh, the, uh, the seats, uh, at least for the white version. We haven't seen the, the black version. Uh, and obviously the ambient light that you're seeing right now, which are smart light that you can control. Uh, we think that Tesla would eventually release some kind of smart features uh, that could match the music or, or things like that. That would be interesting. We know that Tesla likes to uh, keep some things up their sleeve and release them through software updates. Uh, finally, you have the screen in the back, in the back seat, um, which um, you can use for climate controls. You can use for entertainment apps. You see uh, Netflix, YouTube, Twitch, and Disney Plus was already on there. Uh, Tesla tutorials also. I think the, the backseat screen is pretty good, especially for the controls. For the entertainment stuff, I think it's pretty small in the position center. I don't know how useful it is. Like for sure, if you have an iPad and on your lap, it's going to be uh, much easier than, than, than this. Uh, but it's still good to have. It's also not an option. It's like it's going to be there anyway if you like the Model 3. So yeah, overall in-person or impression of the update. I was already a fan of the update. I know it's not the biggest update it's a refresh it's still very much a model 3 it's now just a little bit more aggressive looking on the exterior i think in the interior they double down on the minimalist approach uh, which works for me um, other like the, the only thing that is questionable for me with this update is the stocks but what as we were talking when we were talking double audio earlier uh this is something i think that tesla tesla fans tesla potential buyers uh, current Tesla owners looking to upgrade. It's something that you're just going to have to deal with. You don't now, think they're going to backtrack on that at all? It would be weird for them to backtrack after doing the Model S and X, the flagship vehicle doing going with that. Obviously, there was the yoke thing at the same time. like So it was kind of forced down our throat with the, the yoke. We had the yoke to deal with. So we had, we had some controversy about the yoke purely on the shape and with the lack of stock at the same time. Yeah. Now they have definitely walked back on the yoke but they seem to be doubling down on the no stock. Obviously, this is clear why Tesla is doing that. Tesla is doing that because they are highly confident about their self-driving approach. They think everything's going to be self-driving before you know it, which we are skeptical about that if you've been following our coverage of this. But if it does happen, it does happen, and Tesla did the right move. But if it still uh, lags and the timeline still slips for, for years, uh, you you have a car that it's a suboptimal solution. Um, not for everyone. I, I know a lot of people are happy with it. A lot of like, uh, we're, we're talking to motorcyclists, uh, which are used to like gear chains in, in, in that way. That's not like a stock or anything like that. So there's, there's positive to it. But my, if I gauge the people's reaction, it seems like most people were not that happy with, with that change. Yep. I agree. But overall, good, a good, like I, a good update. I think a good update. And what from what I'm hearing from the people at the show, it looks like there was a good reception. Online is different. Uh, online, I, I see like almost a 50-50 split. But um, I don't know. I, I, I think it's a mostly positive update. Yeah, I mean, bigger bigger trunk, yeah. more aerodynamic, more range, um, or you know, more perceived mm -hmm. range. Uh, cool stuff inside, like the LED lighting. Um, I think better overall look front and back. Uh, I just, I think that the lights are cooler. Um, so yeah, like I'm, I'm on board. I, I like it. I think 
the stocks are probably going to be uh, something that we can live without eventually. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Yeah, another thing that was uh, on Veil, well, sometimes they don't unveil on the sideline and then we see them for the first time at the show. That was the new ID uh, GTI concept. Very much a concept. Uh, we, we took a look in person uh, yesterday uh, at the show. It was not the red one, the, the red um, vehicle that you see there. At the show, I wasn't that impressed by it. It looks very concept. Yeah, I, I almost prefer those pictures here of um, that uh, VW release. It looks a little bit more advanced. So it's a, it's a GTI that's all electric based on the ID platform. Uh, they say that it's based on the ID, not all, two, ID2 all, that's yeah. they call it. Like they changed the name of that car like half a dozen times. Used to be Smaller, the I, yeah. Yeah, it used to be the ID Life, ID2, and it's ID all. That's we know it as like the cheap, the cheapest entry level uh, ID vehicle. It's supposed to be around twenty five thousand dollars, thirty thousand dollars. Well, uh, inflation, everything changed. Yeah. Like uh, when they announced that, I don't remember <laughs> when they announced it exactly, but you can like, always expect a little bit more. And uh, yeah, you gotta have a little bit more power, uh, a little bit. Uh, bigger but not not like different really because i think it's shorter but wider and higher but by inches like we're talking in one or two inches in each instance so it's not it, it's going to be very much a gti they call it um a subcompact yeah and in europe it's a b-segment car yeah um so it's it's going to be small for sure like it's going to be short but it's going to be um you know we, it's going to be more of a sports car than a than a typical B segment car. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, it's something that we've been asking for for a long time. It's this. This is um segments. The, the subcompacts, compact segments is an underserved segment right now in the electrification, um, especially in North America. So, one of the things we ask is like, is this thing coming to North America? Because obviously, the ID three we were excited about never made it to the North American market. Um, this, they are like skating around the question. Like, it's like, well, it would, it would be a great car for North America. Huh? Like, they, it's just they don't want to confirm it or anything. And in Europe, it's not coming until 2027, I think. Yeah, it's it's really far out. And and this is kind of a theme here where we go yeah. to every booth and they're like, oh, 2028, 20, 20, and we just want to grab them yeah. by the, and just make this now. Yeah. Like, should you should have planned this way earlier. Yeah. But... That's one of the good things about the show, though, because we were there. Like, they, they do IA every two years. So two years ago when we came, um, there was a lot higher percentage of uh, gasoline-powered vehicles. Mm-hmm. Still, it was still a mostly electric show, uh, but people were, were still like, trying to push some hybrids, some 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 fully uh, commercial uh, internal combustion engine vehicles. This year, it was like 99% all electric. Yeah, density. in fact, when we saw a gas engine, we're always like, oh, wow, yeah, there's, there's yeah. <laughs> one of those like steam steam things. Yeah, it, it, felt, it felt like it was a reversal of, uh, of the days. Of, why didn't my Siri pop up right now? Like, that makes no sense. Sorry about that, guys. Siri's trying to chime in into the show. Um, so, yeah, the... Um, the it felt like when you go to a car show in like 2013 and like every time you see uh, an electric car you're like oh wow an electric car right there and now it was the other way around every time you see a gasoline car it's like oh wow there's still a gasoline car that thing still exists it was pretty funny oh and a, a commenter says the original gti didn't have a direct injection the istons for injection which was the basic manifold <laughs> ingestion it's kind of like the porsche Taycan turbo yeah the you know, turbo like, <laughs> we're we're not we're using words correctly anymore, but I also think this is a great car. Um, I like, I can't believe that it's going to, we're going to have to wait like five years to get it though. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable that it takes them this long to figure out that people are going to want this thing. Yeah. Especially since they had the ID tree since. Yeah. And they could just probably make it on that platform or make a, you know, ID three GTI or whatever. But it's probably pricing wise that they, they they were basing this on the ID all that's going to be cheaper. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna sit between the ID all and the ID two all. Sorry, it's and the ID three in, in terms of pricing thing, and and size really. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Yeah. Let's move on to the next story. That's another concept that was unveiled uh, at uh, IAA. It's the BMW Vision New Class, uh, which is very much a concept. Um, 
they, they are using it to showcase some of their latest uh, electric technology. They do, they do talk about the production version. Eventually, it's going to become a, a, a I model from, from, from the BMW. Uh, but what they unveiled this week was very much concept. However, there's another uh, new class concept that they teased this week, an SUV version that looked a lot more production ready. Uh, but it was like all uh, camouflage and everything. So it's not... Uh, and also no, no specs whatsoever. Did they release specs on the on this one though, on the Vision one? I don't think much, if any. Yeah, but even if they did, like it's it's still very much concept because uh, they don't, they don't I don't expect that thing for also like twenty twenty seven something like that. I mean, I think what I like about this most is that you know BMW isn't being precious with their like beaver tooth front. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're kind of expanding that out. It's still the grill ish thing, but. Um, it looks so much better than those big like beaver teeth front. Yeah, yeah, they they they've been like transitioning to that with the i7 being closer to this, but still like you're right, this is also an evolution. Like now they are higher up and longer. Um, so yeah, I mean, some people love the beaver teeth. Some people love the new version, the i7, i5. Um, but to be honest, I'm not sure about this one because like now the grill almost melts into the headlights. Yeah, I mean, I, that's probably on purpose, and I, I don't know. I th- I like this one. I think it looks a little bit like a, almost like a 70s car, like a 70s uh, uh, American car, maybe, like one of those old uh, you know, Dodge Charger or something or other a little bit. Yeah. But it also a little bit like a Polestar, too. A little, I don't know. Yeah, I can see that, too. So I like, I like this direction. Um, the inside is obviously probably pretty far from what we'll end up seeing at the end. But you never know. I mean, this looks a little bit, it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, ID4 in, in, inside a little bit. I mean, yeah. it's just the color. But, um, yeah. Yeah, the color tone is something that Volkswagen has used. Almost looks like a, like the outside two-tone of ID Buzz. Yep. But, yeah, it's another concept. Like, the, like this is the part that we like a little bit less about these shows. Like, you, you see a lot of cars that they're like, ah, this is not really what's going to end up on the market. So, it's it's not what we get most excited about. Like, we were excited about seeing the Model 3 the first time in person. Uh, and then we were also excited. We can talk a little bit about that. Uh, we haven't written an article on this because this happened literally, like, a few few hours ago. But we got to see the Chinese automakers a little bit. Actually, I do have a post in there about that at the end. It's the Expense Expansion. Uh, so Xpeng was at a, a decent presence here uh, at uh, IAA uh, because they're announcing uh, European expansion in, if you go down a little bit, in Germany, France, and the UK is also coming, I think, yeah, uh, in Britain next year in 2024. And they had their lineup here at uh, IAA, and we got to test out the G9? G9, I believe. Or yeah. Something 9. It was a SUV. Yeah, the G9, I think it was. And uh, I didn't drive it. You drove it. Yep. What do you think about the driving experience? So it actually felt pretty good. Felt uh, light. Um, you know, we, we didn't get to go on any. Uh, uh, we, we were on the Autobahn for a little bit, but we didn't really get to push it too hard. No. Um, there was 120. Like, no, you gotta, we went over 120. There was like one small spot yeah. where we, we didn't have a speed limit. And yeah. of course, they have a driver with us. Um, one thing that was kind of disconcerting is the uh, hood. I don't know if you noticed this. But the hood was like when mopping. when when you when you told them I like lift up the camera a little bit and try to 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 get a look and I could see a little bit what you were saying but uh, it was just a little disconcerting that the the hood which is apparently aluminum was like bobbling up and down a little bit with the wind yeah. especially at the higher speeds uh, you know obviously that's fixable you got to reinforce yeah. that with steel or something I don't know um, but the drive was pretty good like uh, I don't know felt felt super solid I would say probably not like German car solid but um you know some but it's not too far behind that's yeah. that's the thing it's not uh, the and the price is like half the price yeah it's half the price and the interior like again the, it, there's something ho- a little bit off in terms of quality versus what yeah. you're used to that's a in, good way to describe it in the luxury segment in, in europe and in the u.s but it's so not it's not far enough to to justify the price difference you know what i'm, I'm saying like yeah. it's like it's good enough that you're like, oh, okay. With the price difference, they have they have a place in the market. Because feature wise, even though, like I said, it's the quality wise that I feel is just a little bit off. Feature wise, it was like stacked with everything. Even the voice assistant was like pretty good. It, with the uh, directional mics, it, it, like uh, Micah was sitting to my left in the back, and 
he had a request with the uh, the voice assistant, and it fulfilled that request. Like he wanted his that he, was cool. He's a little princess, and he wanted his uh, back massage in yeah. the back. And the driver that was a test driver uh, asked for uh, the to change the mode uh, to the, to sport mode. I think it was or uh, sport mode, but he also wanted the ventilated seat. Yeah, yeah. But then the then the the voice assistant detected that's like, oh, you're not the driver because you're on the right side. So no, you're not. Uh, you cannot change the sport mode. Then set requested it in the driver's seat and it did change then cool. then he requests then the, the driver the test driver requested um uh, like you said the ventilated seat and that worked it, it was really impressive um in the in the back was super comfortable with adjustable seat um, um leg support in the back like i said it like it's just a tiny little bit huff in quality but packed with features that work that work very well yep uh, and it was kind of cool. The uh, the interface, like we kind of give them uh, some uh, ribbing because they kind of took Tesla's yeah. UI, but they they did it well, I guess. And I mean, what did you think of the UI? I think the UI, like it used to be a lot closer to Tesla. I think I think the the they got a little bit shame into like okay, we'll we'll move a little bit away f- from that. It's still very much Tesla inspired. And I mean, you look at the autopilot uh, settings, it's exactly all the same settings, which makes sense to a degree, like you would have similar setting for sure. But the UI, uh, I think, evolved a little bit uh, different than Tesla. But I, I think feature-wise, it might be more packed than Tesla at this point. It's like, it's, it's impressive. Yeah, and I have to wonder, like, how much the U.S. tariffs are, like, keeping these things out of the U.S. Yeah. I mean, the only thing they keep keeping these things out, because... You know, I think there's a, what, 27% tariff on Chinese mm. cars. So, um, and, you know, obviously they don't get the $7,500 tax credit. So these things would be quite expensive in the U.S. or or probably, you know, rel- relatively expensive. Mm-hmm. But here in Europe, uh, they're competing quite well, I think. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens here and see how the U.S. Yeah. kind of... Um, adjust to that. So we did not get a chance to um, drive the BYD. Yeah. Uh, we were going to do we the were seal. Down. We're the a seal. Little, tiny little bit late for the test drive and they wouldn't let us in. I mean, we'll, we'll take this one. I was, we were we were a bit late. We were running around all over the place here. Uh, but BYD came out also with a nice lineup this year at uh, IA. Uh, they had, I think, like six different models. Though some of them, like it's, it's just like the upgraded version of a existing model. But the seal look very nice. The dolphin looks very nice. They they they, they have a uh, similarly competitive lineup as the uh, Maybe not as luxurious as Xpeng, but uh, certainly better pricing too. And uh, I mean, I would like to say better quality or better like consistency in quality. But we we didn't have the chance to to test out the car just yet. But we came out at least on my side. I, I can say that I came out of IAA. With a lot more respect for the Chinese automakers, yep. and they're gonna be more on the radar, I think, going forward. Because uh, I mean, even Elon Musk said it; like he he, he sees them, he sees the Chinese competitor as a bigger competitor than, than a lot of the legacy automakers, and I, I can see why. I can see like, especially like with the history of with Xpeng uh, being heavily inspired by Tesla. Um, you would think like the copycats; it's like oh, a poor copy normally. Like this time, it's like oh, they they took a lot of what's best about Tesla and then had it on top of it a few cool, cool things. So yeah, they they better watch out, I think. Absolutely. And um, so, what other Chinese manufacturers were here that we? Saw? I mean, we saw this new one, Aventor, Aventr, Aventr, something like that, uh, right oh. next to the Lucid one. Oh yeah, it was like um, Avatar or something. Yeah, was Avatar. Yeah, the Avatar. We didn't even know what it was. We we wandered in and we couldn't get inside the cars though, so it wasn't. And we couldn't test drive them, but yeah, I don't uh, even think they were cars. They were kind of just like designed. Yeah, they might not have been working prototypes. We could see the steering wheel though, which was completely rip off of Tesla's uh, uh, old Model Three steering wheel, Model Three before the the update with the scrolls was exactly the same old wheel. But um, yeah, and it, it looked pretty it, it, to me. What it looked like, it looked like if Xpeng was a, a a copy of of Tesla, then this is a copy of Xpeng. So it felt like a twice removed right Tesla copy, basically. Yeah. But yeah, they were they were quite a few. Lead Motor was there. Um, yeah, the Chinese are coming. They're coming for that EV market in Europe, and I, I think that eventually they're going to get some of it. Yeah, 
Uh, okay, we can go back maybe to the Tesla news. We have a few more Tesla items I want to discuss. Oh, yeah, the um, Yoke's Terry Bill that we discussed a little bit earlier, lack of stock, but the actual Yoke shape that was the, that is available on Model SNX is now $1,000, uh, which is interesting because it used to be standard. It used to be the only option in the Model SNX when the refresh first launched, um, which was surprising to us because like when it happened, we thought that Tesla wouldn't do that without having a steer-by-wire system and some type of progressive uh, turning, steering. But no, like it's a regular, like I don't know what the ratio is, like 14 or 1, 0 is the, 0, 1 is the is the ratio, which is a regular steering wheel. So it makes it awkward in those like tight parking situation, though the part of the car is supposed to park itself. Uh, but you know what I mean? If you're in a parking lot and you have to do some quick turning, it's it's not an ideal situation, but they still launched it anyway. Uh, then they started backtracking a little bit with introducing a round steering wheel for the Model S and X, uh, which became optional. So you can either get uh, the round one or the yoke one for the same price. Then they switched it up where it was $250 option to get the yoke wheel and the round wheel became standard. And now they switched again. Well, not switched, but increased the difference with $1,000 for the yoke. So there's different ways you can approach this. You can see it as them like backing away from the yoke. But with the timing of the big price drop that we discussed last week with Tesla just slashing the price of the Model S and X by like $30,000, uh, it might be more about Tesla trying to capitalize on... Well, I hear it's like pretty popular. I don't have the, the, the take rate on it, but apparently a lot of people want that yoke when they get into the Model S and X. So maybe Tesla is trying to capitalize on that and getting some of that gross margin back from the big price drop by getting $750 more out of the yoke. Maybe that's how they should have come out with mm. this in the beginning as a yoke with a $1,000 upgrade. Normally, that's what you do with a new right. feature, like with a premium feature or something like that. But I, I think I think that Tesla was like trying to see, can we just force that thing down their throat, like the, that yoke? And then there was a strong pushback. So they're like, all right, like we will let you get around one. And then as they get around one, maybe they start getting the data. They're like, all right, actually, the most people want the yoke. Uh, and then they're like, let's make some money off of that. And how much is the upgrade to a steering wheel if you bought a yoke? Isn't that something? Uh, I know that when it launched, it's in the article. When it launched, it was like $700. Yeah, $700 when it launched. I don't know if it's still the case. I haven't checked the price. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's not cheap, especially now, now that it's standard. It's I wonder if they're going to ever launch a yoke for the Model 3 or Model Y? I would assume so at some point, but uh, I mean, the argument is not great right now because the argument that Elon had is, oh, it's better visibility for that instrument cluster that you have on the Model S, which you don't have on Model 3 and, and, and Y. Um, so I think that they should wait for, for the, the drive by, uh, steer by wire uh, system where they can do a progressive, um, uh, a progressive turning uh, system in, in, in the in the steering wheel. I think that would make sense. And then what's the latest on the Cybertruck? Is that getting a yoke or I mean the rumor the rumor is that it is gonna be steer by wire. Uh, so if it is, it should at least be an option, I think. But we've seen several different uh, wheels on the Cybertruck prototypes. We've seen more recently we've seen the round ones, uh, we've seen yoke ones, and then we've seen like halfway yoke ones where you still have a top part but it, it is square. I don't I don't, I don't know if you can call that a yoke though maybe there'll be more than one option yeah. maybe they'll do that the what we suggested as the, the standard steering wheel and then the yoke as an upgrade or something mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All, right. all right the last piece of news about tesla i want to discuss uh, it's a light one it's just a fun one to finish with it's kind of of a dumb news but i think it's funny so let's let's discuss it real quick so uh tesla on weibo announced Weibo is like a Twitter for China, the, the Chinese version of Twitter. They announced that they have a, a partnership with McDonald's where they are producing a cyber spoon, cyber truck inspired spoon for the McFlurry. So if you ever have a McFlurry, it comes with a spoon in it because this, they use a spoon to move around the, uh, the crunchy Oreo parts or whatever kind of McFlurries are getting into the ice cream, which... If you're on with me on that, it sounds pretty dumb what I just said. Uh, so dumb that Elon. Went, so when the news made it from Weibo to X, Elon commented on X, on X calling it fake news. Uh, what's A F A I K? That's as it. far as I 
No. Okay. Well, as far as I know, he was wrong because <laughs> it is on the official Weibo account. It is on the official McDonald's account, and uh, Chinese test owners are always, always, already reporting uh, placing orders. So this looks like a very real thing, but it's so dumb that even Elon was like, "This is this is fake news," um, and it's not. It's not fake news. And as soon as he realized that it was not fake news, he turned around real quick. Where he was like, "Oh, actually, I'll get one of those." Like, right. So, I mean, I'm taking this pretty lightly, to be honest. Like, some people are saying, like, "Oh, this is this is uh, Elon being disconnected with Tesla that he didn't even know that this was real and was real." I don't necessarily expect the CEO of a company being up to date with every single little promotional tactic that the company has. Especially if he's doing like three to five companies. Yeah, that certainly that doesn't help. But I don't think uh, so, so. That has been happening for a long time. I don't think anything that has proved that anything has changed. Not to say that not any that anything hasn't changed because it could have. But I don't think that's proof of it. I just like he was not up to date with that. And, and Tesla China has been doing their own thing for a while now in terms of marketing, like and on, in terms of like special accessories. I mean, I think this one is the dumbest yet by, by far. Like a, a four dollar spoon for McFlurries has come with a spoon already. So like it's basically the price that you're doubling the price of the McFlurry with that spoon. Uh, but anyway, the, the Tesla China launched like the Cyber Vault, if you remember, like kind of case for for a wall connector that looks like a cyber truck, the microphone for in car karaoke. Uh, that's also like a, a Tesla China only product. So they've been known to launch their own products like that. All right, let's move on from Tesla news to a few non-Tesla news item, and then we can jump into the comment section. I know we lost quite a few of you guys because yeah. of the beginning of the video. We apologize. Like we, we, you're using this um, traveling setup right now. So we, uh, we screwed up the video at the beginning. We're going to see what we can do about the uh, non-live version, if we can crop that out. Apologies again. Uh, but yeah, if you guys have questions for us, any subjects you want us to discuss, you can put in the comment section right now. We're going to get to them in like five minutes or so after we get through these uh, few news items. Starting with the Kia EV5, uh, we have more video, of the more uh, images of the interior and exterior of the of the car uh, that is launching in China only for now. And you can... I'm going to play the video, but it's going to be muted. So hopefully I'm yeah. not playing sound here. Yeah. It's a good-looking car. Uh, we saw the i uh, EV9 today. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a big car. Uh, this is like a shrunk-up version of it. This yeah, thing. this okay. is like a mini version. Yeah, a non-third-row version of it. I mean, it could be a competitor in like the crossover segment too, like uh, competing with the Mackey, with the Tesla Model Y, um, when it comes to those markets too. Because right, right now it's China only. And the, the good thing about uh, what we learned from it uh, from the China launch is that it's going to be quite cheap. Couldn't even believe the pricing. We could, we're gonna have to go. I'm <clears throat> sorry to the articles to to see it because I I don't remember it by heart. But oh, let's see. I think at the bottom of it, it, it was the pricing. Okay, yeah, thirty six thousand. No, no, that's the Model oh. Y. Uh, twenty two. The what? so one hundred sixty thousand yen, which is about twenty two thousand dollars. That's crazy. Yeah, that's insanely low. But so that's the Chinese price in China. Right now, Kia is only talking about producing it in China, but they're talking about exporting it to other markets. Again, don't expect it to make it to uh, North America. I would assume that eventually it's going to make it to North America through uh, other means of production. But hopefully made in Kia's, uh, where they have a, where's their plant? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Where I mean, Hyundai has a plant yeah. in the south somewhere. Yeah, and they do share it, I would assume. Yeah. They produce some Kia models. Yeah, and they're going to be EGMP yep. vehicles. So. so a new... A new vehicle, a new electric vehicle in the very popular small SUV slash crossover segment, whatever you want to call it. It yeah. looks just like a shrunk up EV9. Yeah, it's a good looking vehicle. Yeah. All right. Moving on, we have uh, an updated 2024 VW ID4, which supposedly has greater range, though they haven't released the range yet. Uh, it's going to be enabled to a new 82 kilowatt hour usable capacity battery pack, which is up a few. Uh, few percentage point from the old one uh, again rear-wheel drive all-wheel drive version available they haven't released a range on that new 82 kilowatt hour version we expect it's going to be a little bit higher though the, it, the, the, the the energy capacity improvement is going to be countered a little bit by uh, more power so now you have the rear-wheel drive at 282 uh, horsepower and the all-wheel drive version is going to be 330 horsepower 
which if you're familiar with the ID4, one of the complaints, if there haven't been too many complaints, but one of them has been the power output. So this, this is going to be an improvement over that. Right. So it used to be 295 and now it's 330. So 10%, more than 10% increase. Yeah. Other than that, you have a new 12-inch display. Uh, no, well, 12.9 versus 12-inch. Uh, More else? intuitive climate control interface and revised infotainment menu. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think this all kind of centers around the uh, the software and the user interface, which VW has been getting hammered for. Um, yeah, so, especially early days in the ID4, it was it was pretty bad. So right, so it's, it's good to see them coming around here. They probably they got some momentum out of it with updates, but now with the 2024 version, I'm sure that they're going to try to start a little bit stronger. Uh, ventilated front row seats, we love those. Uh, the S Plus models will have premium hard card and audio, nine speakers, subwoofer, 16-channel amplifier. Uh, wheel size, the ID4 standard all-wheel drive models, 20-inch 20 20-inch aluminum alloy wheels. I think these are probably the same. And, of course, no pricing. Closer pricing and range closer to the launch in uh, 2024. So that's a good improvement. All yes. right. Moving on, we have a little sell update on the Mustang Mackie, which you know has had this up and down this year. Uh, early in the year, recalls and all that uh, uh, production stop uh, was harder on the uh, popular crossover, electric crossover. But now there's, there's been some momentum lately with uh, production ramping up to um, around the 13,000 unit range per month since May. And now that's production and sell-wise. So the sales update, if you scroll down a little bit, you have the actual numbers on the on the sales. Um, a big upgrade to 61% up year over year uh, last month in August with 5,000 units delivered. So there's still a big discrepancy between sales uh, and production. Something to keep an eye on for sure. But like I said, production just started getting some momentum. So it makes sense that the cars make it from Mexico to uh, to the U.S. and to the dealership and all that. It, it takes a while. So while there may be potential uh, sales issue with with the the Mackie, like there is for most vehicles these days, just because of the uh, macroeconomic situation, um, we're seeing some a little bit of momentum here out of the Mackie. That's uh, good to see. Also, some news from the e-transit world. Uh, they had the record month in August with. 889 units sold. I would have thought more by now, but mm-hmm. uh, that's up 120% for the month. Uh, and then Ford uh, F-150 Lightning slipped 75% year over year in August. Ford tells Electric that F-150 Lightning production is starting to ramp after a six-week mm-hmm. shutdown to expand the Rouge Electric Vehicle Center with limited deliveries across July and August. So they're blaming that on a factory shutdown. Um, which which is true, but at the same time, we're also like seeing some significant price cuts this year on the F one fifty Lightning. So mm-hmm. uh, the, there's arguments also that there's there's been some sales issues at the same time. Yeah, and the, the American automaker says that the Rouge EV facility is going to triple production as it targets one hundred fifty thousand run rate by this fall. So that yeah. that should be pretty good. Yeah, they've been aiming for that for a while now. Yeah, um, we have a comment. Andrew C. says, are you guys hearing anything about the reliability quality of the Ford Lightning now that they've been out for a bit? I've heard mostly good things personally. Yeah. What about you? I mean, it's been the big recall. So yeah, I don't know if you put that in the reliability quality issues. Um, th- there's been uh, there's been some issue at charging too that we heard, uh, especially at the beginning. Uh, but n- nothing that is like... Uh, cons- like a frequent or like that. Like a, you can get a lemon like any car obviously, or trucks. Uh, but uh, so far, we, we, we've been, there's no big red flags, at least. Uh, but it's still very early. Uh, normally, you see, you start seeing like reliability, quality issues come out. Well, quality, no quality, you can see right away. But reliability issues, uh, give it a few years uh, before you, you get some good data out of it. Especially like a first year of production, Lightning was very low production. It's just now as like 150,000 units by the end of the year or, the, or this fall. Um, you're going to see some volume starting to come next year. Yeah, most of the complaints I hear about it are from people who don't really understand how electric vehicles work. Um, and then they, you know, they don't go far enough or, mm-hmm. or, 
or they don't know how to charge right, mm-hmm. and they go to level two chargers and it takes sixteen hours to charge. Yeah, it's a big battery pack. You have to take those things into account. Like, yeah. But like all the complaints I see on like YouTube or you know in like unboxings that mm-hmm. this this F one fifty is horrible. Um, so. Nope. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, let's move on to uh, the next piece of news, which is about Lucid. Uh, so there was an interview this week with uh, Lucid CEO, uh, Peter Rawlson, which if you've been listening to the news lately, uh, he was in the news because of his uh, uh, salary. Huge salary. Huge yeah, stock award, the $300 million worth of stock that he received. Uh, but anyway, the, he expertly managed to divert from that news with the announcement um, that, well, it's not, I mean, it was kind of a dull announcement. Like, obviously, this is going to do that, but he confirmed that the, the next series of vehicles, are, so right now they have the Air, luxury sedan, gravity coming, luxury SUV, and that the next generation is going to be a $50,000 vehicle, uh, which I think the exact quote is that, uh, if you go down a little bit, uh, the exact quote is, we are targeting a price and don't don't own me to this. So he's, that's a good old like Elon Musk type of comment. Around fifty thousand dollars. That's the vision. Yeah, uh, right in the art of the Tesla Model Three Model Y territory. So that's his own quote here. Uh, but obviously the language is kind of a, is not the strongest language. Like vision, don't hold me to this. It's not. It's not what I call strong news to be honest. No. Uh, but and and it's also kind of obvious. Like obviously. Uh, lucid uh yeah no, no, another part of this interesting quote if you go up a little bit before that he said um um where is it uh, is that that part yeah yeah so th- that is exactly where i go to work i'm not here to build an expensive car that only rich people can afford that the only way i could make the business w- so the premium product like the, the the expensive car for the rich that's the only way i could make the business work financially so that's kind of an interesting comment because you could make the argument that the business doesn't work financially right now because they are losing money, uh, gross margin wise, and with operating expenses on those luxury vehicles right now. Um, I'm not uh, super worried about it because I think the product is great. We actually went last night and saw yeah. Lucid. We they had the launch of their midnight edition here uh, in, in Munich uh, of the Air, so it's still an Air sedan. Uh, which I think is a great car that have they have great technology in it. Like we, we know the big range, like that's a big marketing point that they have. They have a 500 mile version. It's over 800 kilometers of WLTP here, uh, which actually in Germany, they have some argument to, to make it. We're not big here on electric with huge range. We think like sometimes it's just, you, you just carrying a big battery around for nothing because most of the time you just use a small percentage of that and then you charge overnight. So you don't really need it. Uh, you need it for like the, long distance travel you do every few months or whatever and then even then normally you're going to want to stop after a few hundred miles and, and charge uh, to to stretch your legs and go to the bathroom and whatnot here in germany they have the great autobahn that in some section doesn't have any speed limits which is awesome but with an electric car or any other car it is less efficient to go at high speed much less much less efficient so with an electric car that has a bigger impact if it has a shorter range, but with a Lucid, if you already have 800 kilometers of range, and yeah, you're going to go through it a lot faster, but you you still have a ton of range. So we were talking to a, a Lucid salesman there, and they said that they tested it at, what did he say, 160 kilometers an hour, I think he said? I think it was 160 miles an hour. It was like... Oh, no, no, no. I was talking kilometers an hour. Kilometers? It was Germany. Okay. So this to. is... About 160 is fast. Like 160 is... Uh, yeah, 100 something miles it's, per hour. Yeah, close to uh, around 100 miles per hour here, which should be, you don't do in U.S. roads unless you're a maniac or you don't care about uh, very expensive tickets. Are there are are tickets in the U.S. based on how much speed over the It depends on the state. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I know in Canada and in Quebec, that would be like a crazy ticket. Probably lose your license. Anyway, he said that they managed to do 100, uh, I think it was 600 kilometers that they did 160 uh, kilometers an hour, which that is impressive. And that justifies a little bit more than having a crazy long range on the car if you're going to use it often on the Autobahn, for example. So the, that's very much a very German problem, obviously. Um, but so coming back to what I was thinking about Lucid, they have some great technology. Just look at their drivetrain, look at their uh, battery pack. It's very nice, small, light design. 
And it just so happened that they used that technology in the air first, which is having some issues selling in the U.S. right now, their main market. High prices. Yeah, again, microeconomics problem, high prices and all that. Model, it, model S plaque, dropping a price. Yeah, a lot of competition in that segment, like the i i7 from BMW, the IQS. There's a lot of competition in that segment. And Lucid is a new brand. And I would argue that they, they have a lot of advantages over those brands uh, in, in a lot of features. But it's a tough market to get into. They have the Gravity coming soon. Uh, going to be unveiled uh, at the end of the year, coming next year. It, that is obviously going to be easier to sell in the U.S. It's a big SUV and all that. But all that same technology uh, is going to come to that SUV. And then it's going to come to also the lower price version that he's talking about here, the 50000 version. So I think they're well set up to have a successful company here. They just need to survive this tough time of losing money on the air right now, uh, which I think they might be able to do with that Saudi money coming <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they, they just kind of have to outrun it. And uh, we talked to an executive last night at the party. And by the way, thank you, Lucid, for inviting us to your yeah. uh, midnight uh, party. Although we only, stay, we only yeah. stayed till 10, yeah. I think. Um, but, you know, they, they're they kind of look, looking toward that. And that's done. Like, they're they're done designing that. They're just like... Yeah, he said the, that was the direct, direct Jenkins is the chief designer. And he says pencil down on this the gravity is ready uh, at least on uh, spec wise design wise um he said he expected to be the uh, most aerodynamic suv out there which lucid has already proven some um, skills in aerodynamic performance with the air you're gonna try to transfer that to an suv which is obviously a bit more difficult uh, but yeah uh, also third row there's 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 gonna be a lot of cool things about the gravity i think um and we're going to eventually see that into most likely like a smaller, cheaper sedan and crossover. I think they're going to do, they're going to, like right now they're doing a lot like Tesla, like the Air is the equivalent of Model S, the Gravity equivalent of the Model X. I think they would be smart to maybe skip the Model 3 and go directly to Model Y and do a crossover. For sure. Because, because For sure. Tesla has proven a lot of success with the Model Y. Yeah, it, there's just so much more demand there. It's mm-hmm. such a bigger market. That said, everybody's got a Model Y out. So maybe, maybe yeah. they change. Change the game a little bit. All right, let's move on. Uh, we, uh, talked we talked about, about Xpeng a little bit. bit. Uh, yeah, and BMW, when we, we talked about earlier, the Vision uh, new uh, class, then there's the Vision new class SUV that they teased this week with a, um, with, with a is that the only image that they released? I think it might be. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Uh, so that's the only image, but uh, it, the, the fact that it's camouflaged is almost like a good sign. Like it's... <laughs> Uh, normally, it's closer to production. Pretty far along, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think they have said, though, that... Uh, so this one is actually going to debut next year, and the production version is going to come after the, uh, uh, the 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 sedan one that we saw earlier. Um, they talk about more range. They talk about 30% more range than the iX3, which would mean 270 miles, uh, almost 600 kilometers. So that's WLTP. Right. Um, but yeah, it would be welcome. The iX3 was very much like, I know it's technically the fifth generation electric powertrain from, from BMW, but um, it felt late, the iX3 in terms of uh, the actual performance uh, versus what was on the market. Uh, so the new class is is the next generation of electric vehicles from BMW. And, uh, it's like Saved by the Bell, new class. It's very... Yeah. Not really a new class. Anyway. Yeah. But it, it, but it is like, it is for the, the cheaper version, the, the cheaper, um, the more entry level, I think, uh, BMW, because when you go to the i5 and i7, this, these, these are, are more fully fledged vehicles, I think, than the iX3 was. Yeah. I mean, and so I wonder how is this going to compare or live with like the iX? It's going to, going to be a little bit bigger than the iX, maybe? Or is this more of a, uh, Shooting brake sedan, uh, wagon. How do you how do you see this in their lineup? Yeah, I mean, to me, it looks like a mid-size SUV, maybe crossover. Yeah, and I guess the iX would be a little bit bigger. Yeah, I think the iX is going to be bigger and more expensive. All right. Uh, so our comment section this time was a little bit broken up. So at the beginning, mm-hmm. we got a few comments, and then we were talking about the audio over the yeah. audio. 
So we'll just hit those real quick. Um, we got a hello from uh, Brunswick, Canada. New Brunswick, Canada. New Brunswick. Sorry, not old Brunswick. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we uh, let's see. We got a Facebook comment. Why is no one making a $25,000 entry level electric vehicle in North America? Uh, BYD has multiple vehicles at or below this price point in China. A lot of people have vehicles below that price point in China. Right. But we discussed that a little bit earlier where uh, import duties right now from China to the U.S., doesn't make this very much viable. Um, I don't think that's going to change. And to be honest, like it's hard to make an argument for it to change because China does the exact same thing on their way. So like it's both have protectionist approach right now. So like it, they just no one's until no, no one budges. Uh, I don't see anything happening on that front. Obviously, um, Volkswagen has talked about vehicles in that price range. Tesla has talked about vehicles in that price range. Um, them coming to the U.S. is likely, but these are next-generation vehicles. Um, for from uh, the VW side, they're talking about 2025, but that 2025 is probably Europe. Uh, if it comes to the to North America, it's going to come later. Uh, maybe they're going to have to set up shop also in America to do it. I mean, VW already has Tennessee, but uh, it's probably going to need to be another plan for that. Uh, just like Tesla, Tesla has Gigama Factory Mexico that is supposed to produce that next generation cheaper, but that is behind schedule right now too. So don't hold your breath on that. Even if everything like flies, like like it's Shanghai did with like nine months from groundbreaking to to production, uh, you're still like you're still right now in twenty in late twenty twenty four most likely. Case, yeah. yeah, safely 2025, I think. So it's all, it's around that time. Also, like, I, I want to, people to keep in mind, like, I don't know about your situation, Gregan, but did, like, do you buy new cars? Because like new, the new car price in the US right now is insane. Like $25,000 cars, it's not, a, it's not a thing anymore. Like the average, last time we checked was $48,000 was the average sell price of a new car in the US. I think US. that's come down a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, it's maybe, just, but maybe 45 And even like uh, Toyota Corollas are in the yeah. high 30s. They start there. So it like, what is a $25,000 car anymore? It's like, uh, yeah. I don't even know what one is. But uh, I do know that the Chevy Bolt was going for $26,500 yeah. and you could get $7,500 cash back. And those are still available and they're still being made. Uh, maybe and not. the Model Three in a lot of markets in the in the U.S. If mm -hmm. you're in Colorado, if you're in uh, New York and in, in, in California, these are basically twenty five thousand dollar cars <clears throat> for the base version. Yep, and then you get the electric versus gas savings mm -hmm. and all the other stuff. So, oh yeah, yeah. If when you add the gas saving now, now you're in completely a different game. Like most EVs out there are, are, are starting to be affordable. So, yeah, then we have a lot of people complaining about the sound. Again, we're very sorry about that. That's on us. Um, right. we, we discussed that one already. Please. Yeah. And right. Lucid can have a vision to land on a gaseous planet. I'm not sure what that means, but uh, we'll take it. Yeah, we'll take that <laughs> as the, the end of the comments. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate it for those who, who tune in for the special episode. We know it's not <clears throat> usually... Or Friday episode at 4 p.m. Eastern time because uh, it's a later here uh, in Germany. Uh, it's our last day at IAA. Um, but we're going to see you back on Friday, not this week, but next week at our usual time. And uh, have a safe, uh, safe week. In the meantime, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.